Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. You can live a long, healthy life if you're HIV positive. With the current treatments, we can get patients down to being undetectable. The array of options is so much greater today. U equals U. Undetectable equals untransmittable. If someone who's HIV positive, they're taking their medication, they're undetectable, they're not able to pass HIV to their partners. Do it for you, Montgomery County. Your HIV treatment is their prevention. Get more information at doitforyoumc.org. Welcome, 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 welcome in. We are back for a special edition of uh, the the Drunk on Ice uh, pod. We are uh, we got two special guests here tonight. Uh, we got our, our friend Mike from the Belly Up Network, and we we had to bring it. We we had to go out of the U.S., out of the country, and hey. bring in somebody who I'm sure hockey hits home. For for more than any of us, from the Buds All Day podcast, Matt, welcome in here. Hey guys, how's it going? Good. How you doing? I well, I don't know if you guys are keeping up with the Leafs uh, right now, but I, I've been better. We'll just put it that way. I'm sure you guys can relate as well. Hey, listen, it could be worse. It could be rooting for the Flyers. That's true. That's true. Right. <laughs> L- listen. If if you're looking for sympathy, you're coming to the wrong hey, place. Not going to get it here. <laughs> hey, you guys have uh, you guys have won playoff rounds in color though, so uh, it's fair. fair. Fair enough. Listen, but when when you're talking about the 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 likes of the guys that are on the roster that you have, when you're talking about guys like Austin Matthews, when you get to, when you get to watch guys like that every night, and you're watching, and then we're turning on and we're watching. What is left of Claude Giroux? What is left of the the expiring contracts that were brought in? I'm I'm super jealous. 
Yeah, I can I can understand that. I was actually like fairly surprised when I was I was going on the Flyers cap friendly page just to kind of see like what what trades could be made between them and the Leafs, and I was like I was getting a little sad for you guys looking at the roster, but because uh, <laughs> I saw like Couturier's on LTIR, I didn't realize that. So you're missing some yeah. of your best players right now, and it's kind of showing. <sighs> Mike, what do you got? Yeah, I mean it's. It it was really just a shitstorm from the beginning when you you have Ryan Ellis for like what five games, right. I mean the the blue line has never looked the way it was intended to look, um, so just from jump it was really just kind of a giant mess. I mean, listen, we're we're kind of in that spot now where like when I went through it, it was surprising to me to go through and actually look at the standings and look at the 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 teams and say that like there's only one team that has less wins than the flyers right now. And that's a sad state. And and listen, the only, when the only team that has less wins than you right now is an expansion franchise, that's a sad state for a proud franchise. Yeah. That's not exactly the, uh, the best place to be, but, if you guys you guys were talking about Austin Matthews, that's the best way to get an Austin Matthews. So if you're not making the playoffs, you might as well just throw in the towel and uh, and ride that tank all the way to the glory. Listen, uh, but we've been down that road before, Mike. <laughs> yeah, we certainly have. I mean, it's it wasn't that long ago where they drafted Nolan Patrick second overall, right? Or even or even going back to what, what year was it? Oh seven, oh eight, when you lose the lottery and you have to pick JVR instead of Patrick Kane. So. <laughs> it's, it's that's rough. tough yeah <laughs> like, like hey i, I love like, jbr though yeah i mean listen he put up what 37 goals last year with the leafs and he's been reaping the benefits ever since right. <laughs> 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 oh god well listen like we might like we, we can jump kind of right into the like there, there's when when i say that there's not much to recap from the flyers um when we talk about the fact that in the calendar year of 2022, you can count their wins on one hand. Yeah, listen, I'll tell you what, though. They tried like hell to win three in a row. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> they really did. They, they tried. I mean, you go you go down 4 nothing to the Panthers, uh, what was that, yesterday? Yeah. Um, and then they, they fought they fought their way back. Um, but they, they have no business being in a game with the Panthers. They're one of the best in the league. Um, no. So I mean the fact that I guess he's all a little bit of heart from them and they they just they're just not good like let's just call it what it is I mean what else, what else do you say I mean I think I can speak on the you know, for every Flyers fan we just can't wait for the season to be over we just I just want to watch playoff hockey at this point like for anybody I just want to watch good hockey right <laughs> yeah and that, I've been in that boat too many times yeah yeah and I know listen uh, uh the the insight that i got from watching the the amazon behind the scenes show from the leaves from last year gave me a lot of there, there there was a lot of common feelings that i was feeling in terms of like that being able to get to the playoffs but not being able to kind of push through to that next round um talk about that for a second yeah, first of all, I'll tell you that I actually haven't watched the Amazon series yet because it okay. was uh, I still haven't gotten over that loss. I told myself that maybe I'll watch it before the playoffs start this year because I knew the second that I'd watch it, it would just rev me up and I'd want to see them like avenge that. So 
Right. I, uh, I, I'm hoping to watch that in, in late April, depending on how I'm feeling about the least chances in round one. But yeah, it's been tough. And, and last year, like the first, the first year they lost in the playoffs, whatever it was to Washington, they were underdogs, like first two or three rounds, Boston in there too. That wasn't too bad. But last year to lose to that Montreal team, that was like clearly a touch below the Leafs. Um, you know, John Tavares going out in the first game, it's just, it just, as a Leaf fan, it just seems like everything that can go wrong does go wrong at the worst possible time. And I know it's hard to say that when you have Austin Matthews on your team, but from a, since then, since the day they've drafted Austin Matthews, pretty much like everything luck wise has kind of gone against them where like they signed those big contracts, him and Marner right before the, uh, right before the pandemic knocks down the prices of players. They right. lose Tavares to injury. They lose Muzz in the year before. So it's a tough road, but you just got to keep believing. That's that's what I tell myself <laughs> every day. That's why I still do this podcast. I like it. Like, and listen, they're not, I, I know you, you know, I was listening to your last episode talk about like your, the, the GM is not one that's really shy for going out and making moves. No, he's, he's made moves. He's, I, I was actually a really big supporter of him before he even came to the Leafs about in 2014, he came to the Leafs as an assistant and I like followed him through the OHL thought he was a really good GM and he's made a lot of really good moves under the, on the fringes kind of, but last year at the trade deadline, you're probably referring to that Felino deal where he gave up a first yeah. rounder and it's, he just had egg all over his face and, and our podcast was a big actually detractor of that deal. We hated it from day one because we're all we're all aboard the, the skill wagon, which is what we thought Kyle Dubas was. He kind of changed course last year to go and pay a big price for that kind of grit and intensity type guy in Felino, and it really backfired. So I'm curious to see what they do at the deadline this year, if they kind of follow that toughness mentality again or if they do go for, for that bit of skill and maybe maybe some skill on the flyers even. Well, and, and listen, you know, that, that was something that, you know, we'll, we'll jump into, we'll dive deep into later, but you know, the, for me, if I, if I'm the flyers, right, all the cards are on the table because you, you, you've got a ton of expiring contracts. You've got guys that they, they brought in, you know, the, the whole thing that we've talked about, you know, if we go back to our episode one, like you talk about the guys that they brought in, they brought in the guys who a lot of guys who were letter on the sweater guys, right? They were guys that were captains, assistant captains, guys that we thought were going to be leaders. And I think they kind of put all their eggs in that basket, not realizing that the talent level was just never there. Yeah, um, it really. I mean, it, it it's the same thing though. Like the the high end talent, we always talk about it. Um, I mean, out of the I guess the off season stuff. I mean, the good news, Cam Atkinson has been playing his ass off. He's kind of right. one of the only bright spots. Um, Ristolainen, I think he Ristolainen's been fine for what he's supposed to be. I I got. We'll just go into the Ristolainen thing because obviously they sure. signed him to the five five year yeah. five. What was it? Five point one million per. Um, right. And I know, I know, the Flyers get absolutely, sh- absolutely shit on for this deal. Um, and is it a lot for Ristolainen? Absolutely, it's definitely a lot for Ristolainen. Um, but my, I think Ristolainen can be in a, a useful player, not for five million dollars per year. Um, but not only the price that I have a problem with is where this team is right now. Their direction should not be trying like you. They should be trading their 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 pending UFAs. Right, they should have looked. Maybe you can't get the first round pick that you that you gave up to get Ristolainen. Maybe you can't recoup that back. 
get whatever you can for him because I don't know what value he really holds long term on this team. No, I mean, listen, Mike, you and I kind of are on the same boat. Like the the deal to me, I think it was a way for them to save face, considering what they gave up. Yeah. yeah. I will say this, though. I know a lot of people are comparing it to the Andrew McDonald contract from, what was that, 2014, something like 14, that. Right. Um, it's not It's not anywhere near that bad. Like, the salary cap's about $15 million more now than it was then, uh, and that was, okay. about, that was about $5 million per. So, I mean, inflation, maybe it's a 3 to $3.5 million deal, you know, if you scale it back or whatever. So I don't think it's quite as bad as Andrew McDonald. Um, but in a few years, this has a chance to be really ugly if we're still lining doesn't get better. Now, I mean, I guess I, he, I, it's hard to say he's going to get better because he's, what, 26, 27 years old. He's, he's kind of what right. he is at this point. But it's a matter of who else goes. I mean, I know there's a, been a lot of chatter about Provorov and Sanheim recently. Um, so I, I don't know what they're going to do. Just the direction of the team, I'm not sure what the direction is, I guess. That's actually what I kind of wanted to ask you guys, given that they did sign Risto to that deal. Do you think that they're trying to do a quick, like, on-the-fly retool type thing? Or are they you know, looking at taking another down year next year and rebuilding a little bit. Uh, well, they had a state of the state of the franchise, like press conference a couple months ago and used the term aggressive retool. So that's kind of what they're going to try to do. Um, as a Flyers fan, that scares the shit out of me. Cause we've seen right. that. We've seen that happen in the past and it completely backfires. Um, the days of Paul Holmgren being the GM and, you know, trying to get Shea Weber to an insane, you know, offer sheet. And that would have been fun and everything, but it can put you in cap hell. I mean, we saw them sign Kevin Hayes to an, a contract that he really isn't – that's not who he is. He shouldn't be going for that much money. So the, the term aggressive retool scares me because they're going to just try to put Band-Aids on it, and it's just we're yeah. going to be in the same spot next year. That, that, that I mean, Mikey, like that, that's my concern, right? They, they essentially try to – instead of actually acknowledge, acknowledging what the problem is, there, this franchise is consistently trying to get back to that that era when they were successful. Meanwhile, that era is before any of us were born. And they're not willing to accept the fact that in in order to be successful in this league, you need to have your top end guys. Like you need to have the Austin Matthews. You need to have the like you you name it right like the, those top end guys that top end talent are guys that you need in order to be successful the guys that are going to stretch the ice the guys that are going to be the 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 dry sidles that are going to go from end to end like it's just so frustrating because i can see where they're going and where they're going is going to get us right back in the same exact spot that we're in right now yeah, and it, you almost have to start pointing the finger at Chuck Fletcher to a degree, though, only because I'm not sure he's the one making the decisions. Like, uh, above him, I mean, you have Paul Holmgren and you have Bobby Clark, guys that have been here for decades and decades right. and decades, and they're not changing their way of thinking. And then even above them, you have Dave Scott, who's a CEO of Comcast Spectacor, who is just a non-hockey business guy who right. has way too much input on this team. Yeah, it, it's pretty sad when the the mascot is the most notable thing that is 
yeah. uh, recognized by this franchise. Yeah. It's probably the number one thing I think of after probably Carter Hart. Yeah. 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 Listen, and listen, I, I, I'd be remiss if I didn't mention the fact that, like, yeah, I saw that in your latest Flyers trade proposal that you're throwing out there, Carter Hart was included. You kind of threw Carter Hart in that in that deal. Oh, yeah. And the funny thing is that Leaf fans thought that was a bad deal. And like, like I just, I've been going off the wall with my proposals to try to find a goalie for the Leafs. And I like, I think Carter Hart's a stud. So you got, you got something really good there and he's a young, good guy to build around. So I think if you guys, you make a good point about the top end talent. I think Philly's problem right now is they have too many guys in that like middle range of like five to $7 million where sure the first year or two of that deal might be good, but like a Kevin Hayes, a JVR, even Cam Atkinson, he's good right now, but he's 32. Like those guys, those deals don't usually tend to age well. We're even seeing it with a bigger name in John Tavares in Toronto. He's kind of falling off on his own, right? And it's just those kind of deals are absolute killers. And that's why, like, I see something like the Risto deal, and I'm just like, oh, man, I don't know about that. HIV is still an issue in Montgomery County. The more open we're able to talk about HIV, we treat it like any other health prevention. PREP stands for pre-exposure prophylaxis. People who are not HIV positive who may be at high risk for contracting the disease. This is a good choice for you. It's just a way for you to sort of take control and say, I'm going to do this to protect myself. Do it for them. Do it for you, Montgomery County. Learn more about PrEP, the HIV prevention medication. Visit doitforumc.org. Todd is in love. Sarah, I've never felt this way before. But he's about to find out that sometimes when you chase after love... I'm moving to Paris. You've got to step on the gas. Because this isn't your classic holiday rom-com. It's a Nissan event ad. Wait, what? Featuring a powerful performance by Nissan Rogue. Oh, come on, come on. Todd? I'm coming with you. Get a low $1.99 per month lease on Altima. Get your heart racing at Nissan's Thrill of the Drive event. Availability is limited. Shop at your local Nissan store or at NissanUSA.com. Don't let true love or these offers slip away. For well-qualified customers subject to NMAC credit approval, take from new dealer stock. See dealer for financing details. 2424 initial payment for 18 months on 2023 Altima. Excludes tax title, license, and $650 acquisition fee. Disposition fee due at lease end. Call 1-888-858-8319 for offer details. Ends 1-323. Uh, well, listen, <laughs> on that note, like, <laughs> I, think, I think we've exhausted, exhausted our conversation on the flyers. Let's just go. Yeah. Let's just go around the league. What um, you know, give us your perspective on the league from the Leafs' point of view. Well, right now, like you guys probably all know, the Atlantic Division is an absolute terror. It's got three of the top five teams in terms of point percentage, with uh, with Tampa, Toronto, and uh, and Florida in there. So it's going to be an absolute bloodbath in the playoffs. I'm. I'm still super impressed by Colorado. Like you can go all around the league. There's, yeah. there's so many interesting talking points. Um, I know you, you were uh, in the notes here. You asked me to talk a little bit or like, just kind of look at, we were going to talk about like points leaders, things like that. And, and if I'm going to do that, I got to toot the horn of Austin Matthews, who was, uh, right. who's six goals ahead of dry in second. So I don't know where you guys want to take it with the NHL conversation. I mean, you bring up Matthews. What we're seeing from Matthews this year and even throughout the literally last couple of years is stupid like just the, the amount of goals he's putting up I mean we're seeing the best goal scoring season really of the last however many years you want to say but what he's doing is insane 
it, it literally, and I think you had mentioned the fact that like the goals in relationship to the games that he's playing, right? That, that ratio of goals to game, like games played is incredible. And to, to see the pace that he's on, I mean, it, to, to watch him go end to end, um, is just, it's beyond impressive. Yeah, it's it's insane. With his goal last night, he's up to uh, 37 goals in his last 38 games. So he's almost been scoring a goal a game for like three months now. And I think the most underrated part outside of Toronto is his defense. Like he is just, he is dominating on both ends of the ice. Like his ability to just win battles below the goal line and get the puck up and out quickly has just been tremendous this year. That line with him, uh, Michael Bunting and Mitch Marner, they're always among the leaders in, in expected goals. So it's just like his goal scoring has always been there. He got 40 in his rookie year and he's just lit the lamp like every game. But his, when he came in, he was a little bit weak defensively, but just every year to just watch the growth of this guy has just been, it's insane. And I'm just, even though we are having these playoff chokes year after year, like a lot of Leaf fans have to remind themselves to actually enjoy having a guy on this, like this on our team, because who, like he's undoubtedly the most talented Leaf we've ever had. And who knows if I'll ever see someone this good in my lifetime again. Yeah, you did just bring him up, Michael Bunting. What did this guy just come out of nowhere, or like has he been like a top prospect for you guys? Like it seems like it's kind of it's kind of wild. He just came out of nowhere and is producing it. Like he he's probably a finalist for the Calder at this point. Yeah, so he was uh, he was on Phoenix la- or Arizona last year. He had ten goals in I think twenty one games, and we actually on our podcast little uh, little hat tip to us had him as one of our top free agency targets because a lot of people thought he might take a discount as a uh, as a hometown Toronto boy. And sure enough, he did. And we were hoping they would try him off on the on the top six to start the year, but they actually started him on the fourth line. He looked really good there. And then Nick Ritchie, who was just a complete disappointment for the Leafs, uh, played terribly. So Bunting got that shot, and he has not looked back. It's been – it's crazy. He, he's one of those old, like, Panarin, Kaprizov. Like, we're getting a yeah. lot of old guys in the running for the Calder. Like, personally for me, I'd probably give it to Cider. I just think – what he's doing at his age is, is absolutely insane. But yep. yeah, what Bunting's providing, the most important thing for Leaf fans is that he's only making 900,000. Like it's, yeah, it's the exact kind of value you need when you're capped out like they are. Well, now, now listen, you're, you're also, you, you also get a front row seat for Edmonton. The, to, to see McDavid and Dreisaitl together. The thing that blows me away is that the drop off from those two to everybody else on their roster? Yeah, it's like it, last year in that North Division, it was just like it was a tire fire a lot of the time with those other teams. Like the Leafs, obviously, they choked in the playoffs, but the one team we didn't want to see was Montreal because they were like the kind of style that could stop the Leafs. Whereas Edmonton is basically just a way worse version of the Leafs. They have that high end talent that the Leafs have but they just have none of the depth to support it. And then you look, I think going into this off season, they had about 33 million in cap space and Ken Holland just took a stick of dynamite and blew it all up and just wasted it on like former leaf Zach Hyman, who we love him, but we replaced, we replaced him with someone better for a million dollars in Michael Bunting and like the Duncan Keith move, like not finding a goalie, just watching some of these GMs. It's, like I would, I would take Chuck Fletcher over Ken Holland any day of the week because what they have done with the combination of McDavid, Drysaddle, and cap space has been nothing short of like an atrocity. 
Yeah, goaltending is the biggest issue, right? I mean, they came in with Mike Smith, who what's he forty years old? I mean, yeah, he was good. He was good, borderline great last year. But you can't rely on that every night. You just can't. And then the, the, the Miko Koskinen deal. I mean, what did they give him? Three years, three or four per. I mean, it's a, it's a bad deal. Uh, yeah. Listen. No, no, go ahead. No, I was just going to say, yeah, they're finally getting out of that deal, I think, at the end of this year. But yep. the Lord knows they'll spend it on somebody else terrible. Yeah, <laughs> probably. <laughs> Welcome to our world. Yeah. Hey, Martin Jones is available. Take him. Yeah, listen. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. Sorry to interrupt. I actually looked up his save percentage just to double check and see if maybe the Leafs could get him. At, but, yeah, no. Martin Jones, <laughs> I'll tell you what, he's been better than I think we expected. Like, the defense he's playing behind is not a good one. Um, he's, so, he's been it, fine. It's so bad, yeah. right? And that's part of what contributes – like, that. that's part of what I feel like negatively contributes to Carter Hart, right? Because you, you've got – you know, the other night when he plays Vegas and he's got 47 out of 48 saves and is literally standing on his head – but then the next, like the next game against the Panthers, right? The defensive suspect, he ends up giving up four goals in the first period, just like that. That inconsistency on defense, it makes it so hard to then rely on him to stand on his head night in and night out. When he's on, it's amazing to watch. I can't believe but, he has a nine twelve save save percentage. I mean, behind this defense, it's insane. It, it like that is even like like that to me is a more wild statistic than anything, considering what we know. Mike, we see on a night in and night out basis. Yep. Yeah, I think you mentioned it earlier. That Ellis injury was was really bad for them because he's like that was actually I thought I would have paid way more for him than I would have paid for Rista Linen, like in in terms of a trade in the off season. And to lose him, that's just – that's got to kill the defense. And we see it like – I feel like it's a lot of teams in the league are struggling with defense this year. I think goals are up. It's just it, – it seems like even all of the contending teams right now, like every single one of them is looking for a top four defenseman. Yeah. And, I mean, listen, the Flyers have one available, and that's Justin Braun. I mean, it's it – maybe this is a hot take. Am I insane to think Justin Braun could fetch him at least, at least a second-round pick? Like, am I insane for saying that? Um, I mean, he's productive. Uh, you look at last year, David Savar got a first and a third. Um, you look back at the days where they traded Kimo team in it. Now, granted, that was many years ago. They got two right. seconds for that when Justin Braun's a lot more productive now than Kimo team in it was then. I, I think they could get at least a second-round pick for Justin Braun. I'll be honest. If it was 250 on deadline day and the Leafs hadn't made an addition and I found out that they got Justin Braun for a second, I'd be totally fine with it. Yeah. Like, He's the exact kind of guy that we wouldn't mind having there. I know he's 35, so he's a little long in the tooth, but he's playing, yeah, he's playing 20 minutes a night. I don't know how into uh, advanced stats you are, but um, he's in like the top 11 percentile defensively as a defenseman. So he's the exact kind of guy, right-handed shot too. Those are pretty pretty rare. Like if I'm Philly, I'm at least looking to get a, like a minimum of a third, but yeah, yeah, you're trying to stretch that into a second, I think. Yeah, I, Mike, I don't, I don't think you're you're off in saying that that's something that's out of the realm of possibilities to be able to to, to get. Um, talk about Jack Campbell because Jack Campbell kind of he he kind of snuck in and and took you know Fred Anderson's job in in last season. 
He's had but the now it's kind of showing kind of inconsistencies. So yeah, he's had a really up and down year. He first two months of the year looked like a Vesna candidate, led the league in save percentage. He was right. like, it was no fluke. Like he was phenomenal every night, stopping every, like so many big saves. It was incredible. And then it all started about, it, a lot of Leaf fans have a conspiracy theory that he got ran over by Marcus Felino one game in December and he hasn't <laughs> been the same. And then today or uh, yesterday, he he went out with a uh, they put him on injured reserve for a couple of weeks with a rib injury, and they said that it wasn't a new injury; it was something that reacted. So that started the old tinfoil hat conspiracies going again. That maybe that's what has been holding them back. And to be honest, that's what a lot of Leaf fans are hoping that it is kind of a legitimate injury, so there's an excuse for it. Because yeah, the, you said it, last year he played really well. He had like a 9.22 save percentage. Looks fine in the playoffs. Had a pretty questionable goal in Game Seven, but that's probably more to do with the right. uh, with the logo on his sweater than anything. Um, so he, yeah, he did good last year, good start to this year. And then all of a sudden it's been like a slow decline to where now both him and Mirazik, they like, they can't stop a beach ball. It's just every night, like every night you're pretty much writing in four goals for the other team. It's just a matter of whether the Leafs can score five or more. And it's just, it's so frustrating. Like we, we uh, like, you don't want to get too mad at him because he's the most likable guy ever. But at the right. same time, you're like, okay, we need we need some kind of upgrade here. What what do Leaf fans Leaf fans think of Mrazic? Because we saw him here for a very short time, um, and it was not pretty. Um, and then he goes to Carolina and is great there, obviously behind a very 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 good defense. Then he goes to Toronto, where there's obviously holes on the defense, and now he can't stop a beach ball, like you said. I mean, is do you think that was a good signing uh, or horrendous? Okay, I like I'll admit at the time. I didn't think it was bad. I knew we needed somebody who could be like a tandem goalie with Campbell. Um, and he had good numbers last year. He had, like you said, decent numbers in Carolina. Uh, but yeah, I was looking through his stat profile today. I saw like his worst year by far was with you guys in Philly. So I feel like ugly. we have something yeah. in, yeah, yeah. He's, he's been exactly that this year. And last year he got, or last night, sorry, he got pulled uh, early into the second period after giving up four goals. And like the first goal of the game was a routine shot and he, blockered it punched it right to the other team for an open net and it's just like both goalies right now are undoubtedly in their head but i think with campbell there's a, a lot more hope that he can actually get out of it uh once he does get out of his head and, and maybe recovers from injury Mirazik, i think is more of a lost cause just because since game one he's just swimming like he is miles out of his crease there'll be two on ones and he'll be like halfway to the corner so i don't have much hope for him i'm honestly hoping that the leafs can find a way to get a team to take him on in a deal. Like they're going to, they're going to have to pay at least a second rounder to do it because he's getting three and a half, 3.8 million for another two years. So it's, it's dire straits in the, in the least net right now. Dubas has a lot of pressure on him to, uh, to find a solution there. And Keith threw him right under the bus, Mrazic, uh, last night. <laughs> he wanted to pull him after the second one. I was like, wow. <laughs> yeah. We had a rookie goal, a guy who's never played an NHL game yep. was his backup. That was the only reason he didn't. And then the, the rookie Shalgren came in and he played, he played pretty well. So Leaf fans wanted him to, uh, to start the outdoor game on Sunday, but That's what I was going to ask it. It looks like they're going back to Mrazic. Keith said, so. how long, how long is Campbell out for? Uh, two Couple weeks. weeks so it's right? going to go, it's gonna go beyond the deadline. So, I like at some like Dubas has to do something, whether it's adding a third goalie. I'd per personally like to uh, to add somebody who can threaten Campbell, like a Holtby, James Reimer, Mark Andre Fleury, like Anton Forsberg, one of these guys that's actually having a decent year. Because I have no faith if if Mrazek, I'll just tell you guys, if if Mrazek starts a playoff game, throw all your money on the other team. 
immediately. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Hopefully you're not in that, that position. <laughs> oh my God. So yeah, let, let's, let's slide into to looking at like, if you had to group the top five, who's at five for you? For me right now, it's got to be Calgary. I, I mean, the Leafs have the fifth best record in the league, but with the way their goaltending is right now, I can't take them seriously enough to put them in the top five. They have a top five roster, but not top five in terms of uh, right now. So Calgary, they're just a playoff-style team to me too. Really good defensively, good goaltending. So I think uh, I really like Calgary. What do you guys think of them? Yeah, I mean, they're, they've are they been really good. I mean, goaltending's been huge for them. I mean, Mark Strong, right. he still leads the league in shutouts, I believe, right? I haven't looked in a while, Correct. but he's, he's been crazy. Mark Strong, and it's it's a shit. I mean, yeah. he's probably not even, he's probably not even going to win the Vesna though. I mean, because just what Shosturkin's doing is insane. Oh, he's um, running away with it. Yeah, yeah right. Yeah, exactly. It's crazy. He, honestly, Shosturkin's probably a finalist for the heart at this point. Like he's one of them. It's him and Matthews right now. I think. Yep. Yeah. And then right. You, and then you, yeah, and then I guess a third could either be Huberdo or you got your McDavid's and. But yeah, it's probably those two right now. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, listen, but what Calgary's doing is impressive. Right, you you've got them sitting with seventy seven points. The the way that they have, you know, the 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 go, you can't say enough about the goalie play that they're getting. I, I really feel like they are like you you wouldn't you wouldn't be wrong in putting them in your top five. Yeah, and I just think if we're looking to like teams that can threaten for a cup, they have to be right up there because they play the style that wins in the playoffs. They have tough, angry defensemen. They have good goaltending. They have they play like right. a very aggressive hitting style. So, and Johnny Gaudreau, like he's he's you talk about MVP candidates, he's got to be a kind of a fringe guy too. Yeah, he's probably having his best season, honestly. Mm-hmm. I think he's sixth in scoring right now. Seventy-seven points in fifty-seven games. Listen, he he's a guy that Flyers fans have been. Trying to bring home since he'd been in oh. the NHL. Yep. Yep. Didn't I spend that it. money yep. on Risto. Maybe you'd get him in free agency this year. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Listen, I'll tell you, I'll tell you what, I I actually prefer uh over over Johnny Hawk. I, I prefer um uh Kadri, Nazim Kadri, the guy the guy that you guys let up. Oh like, uh, I, I, I would I would prefer him over over Johnny Gaudreau. That that's my dream scenario is to get Nazim Kadri here. Okay. Yeah, I love I love Kadri. He's like he play. He's so passionate. He he obviously has a problem with playoff suspensions, yeah. but I would be a little weary of paying a guy who's having like a, you know, a well over a point a game season when he's never really come close to that in his life. Fair. I'd be a little bit scared. I'm I'm half hoping Montreal signs him because they were rumored to be in on free agents. Ooh, okay. So I'm hoping Montreal signs him, overpays him, and he just falls off a cliff. But <laughs> See, that's just to- my greed. I don't have to worry about the the postseason uh, suspension because as a Flyers fan, we don't see that all that often. <laughs> you just so, want to get there. I just want to get there. Yeah, <laughs> whatever happens there, that's fine. <laughs> oh God, <laughs> I can't. <laughs> all right, all right. Who who do you have it for? Mary redeemed a fifty thousand dollar cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun with over eighty casino style games to choose from. You too could win life changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to chumbacasino.com and give them a world. That's chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. Eighteen plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Hear that? That's the sound of a patient whose health data is protected from a cyber attack. 
And that, that's the sound of a financial system that's digitally secured from bad actors. Right now, there's an invisible war being fought on a digital battlefield that impacts what we do every day. That's why at Paraton, we do the can't be done to help protect the vital systems we rely on. Because if we don't, the alternative is unimaginable. Paraton. So next- I got Florida. I know it's. Okay. I know uh, it might be a hot take putting Tampa over them, given the that they're ahead of them in points. But similar to the Leafs, I don't trust Bobrovsky. He started off really good this year, but he's like they're right down there with Le- the Leafs in terms of recent save percentage. Okay. So I think I'm, that's who I'm kind of hoping the least face off in round one. Cause I think it'll just be like a firework series between two teams that are kind of very similarly built. Yeah. I mean, Florida can score with anybody. I mean, that's, that's no secret. Yeah. yeah. That, that, that's the one thing for me that I look at and I say, like, if there's anything that's going to keep Florida in a game, they're just going to be able to score the, the way that, you know, who when, when he's, able to facilitate the way that he's able to facilitate that they, they can just they, they can put up points and they can put them up fast um what what about a team like like the rangers i don't buy them outside of shesterkin to be honest they're okay. all of their advanced metrics are pretty terrible they're like 25th in the league in most categories or below um but at the same time, you look at Carey Price last year, he dragged the Habs all the way to the finals. I'm like, right. you know, Shesterkin's capable of that. Um, but I would be a little bit worried about him burning out as the playoffs go on since he's only playing like two thirds of the games right now. Yeah, they, right, but, they, but, those Rangers yeah, are very but, reminiscent of the mid 2000 Rangers where Longquist mm-hmm. just carried them completely. Like those teams had no business being anywhere near the top, but Longquist just carried them. Um, maybe, I mean, you're. You have, you have production because you obviously you, have, you got your Panarins, you got your Zibanejads, but Shostakin's keeping them afloat at this point. I mean, the the other thing to remember also with the playoffs, right, is the days off, right? They're going to have time in between games. They're not going to play back-to-back. That, to me, them having Shostakin in net also, it, it, it gives them that chip to play when the guys in front of him may not be on their A game. He can stand on his head and maybe win, maybe win them a game that they don't have any business winning. Yeah, I'd say right now they're like if I had to pick three players in the league who could individually steal a series, it would have to be Shesterkin, Matthews, or McDavid. Like one of those three guys. Oh, if, you get, if you get them in the right seven games, like no matter what the other team does, they're not winning. Yeah, I might put Markstrom up there too, just with the season he's having. That's but, true. But yeah, I hear you. All right, who you got next? I got the mighty Tampa Bay Lightning. They're just – they're a juggernaut. They, they don't stop. They, uh, they have – in my opinion, even though Shesterkin's having the best year, I think they have the best goalie in the league in Vasilevsky. He's just insanely yeah. consistent. And then you got guys like Kucherov who know – who just turn it up when the games matter most. So they're, uh, they're horrifying to me as a Leaf fan. Yeah, I mean, they're always going to be there. And at this point, the regular season is meaningless to them. They just care about what happens in April, May, June. Um so yeah, yeah, they're going to be there at the end. When the, the that is a team when the lights are bright, those guys just they they, they show up. I think that, does it make you feel a certain way as a Leafs fan that two of the better teams in the NHL are in South Florida? <laughs> I mean, it doesn't bother me so much that they're in South Florida as it does that they're in our division. 
that we're going to have to, if we want to even make the third round, we're going to have to beat two of the four best teams in the league. It just, it sucks. But yeah, it's my, my parents actually just bought a, uh, bought like a, a trailer in Florida near Tampa. Oh, nice. So, okay. so yeah, I'm, I'm, uh, I'm a little bit excited about that. Cause now I'll actually go, I'm ho- I'm happy there's hockey there so I can go watch it. Maybe if they're catch in the playoffs a game. against the yep. Leafs. Yeah. So, so it's a bit of mixed feelings, but I, I, the only thing about Florida that annoys me is that, that we have this hard salary cap and everybody knows the taxes are way higher in Canada and these Florida teams don't have to pay any taxes. So they get to have players like Kucherov signed for less money because they're getting the same amount at the end of the day as someone like Marner who's getting paid more in salary cap money. True story. Right. All right, at the top, who you got? Top two. Top two, I got to go Carolina second. I can't put anybody over Colorado, but Carolina yep. is uh, is extremely good. And again, back to the Leafs, it kind of hurts to see Freddie Anderson doing this um, after being an absolute sieve for the, his last year and a half as a Leaf. <laughs> and um, the other thing is, I will say, I won't believe in Freddie until I see him do it in the playoffs because I've seen this too many times where he looks good in the regular season, and then in the biggest moments, he becomes the smallest. But maybe in a small market, he can handle it. And and the defense is a lot better in Carolina than it is in Toronto. That's true. That is true. I got to admit it. I mean, you, you see what Mra- we talked about earlier. You see what Mrazik did it, behind that Carolina defense. So, I will say this, though. The, the Leafs, um, outside of Toronto, there's, they still have that reputation as a run-and-gun, no-defense-style hockey team. It actually hasn't been true for the last – like this year and last year, their their defense has been a lot better since they added TJ Brody. Um, it hasn't been as good as last year this year, but the crazy thing is over this um, span where they've been giving up tons of goals since January 1st, they've actually been first in the league in terms of expected goals against. So they're like, I'm not saying they're the best defensive team by any means, but it's clearly, I think right now more on the goalies themselves than it is the, the players in front of them, but they and do Muzzin, give up a lot of rush. And Muzzin's been hurt for a while, hasn't he? They're yeah, he's... Piece. He, uh, first, before he was even hurt, he was struggling out of the game for the first 20 or so games. And then he got a concussion. He came back for a little while and then he just got another one. So he's, he's probably going to be out for about a month or so. A lot of people want the Leafs to use him on LTIR and kind of pull the Tampa, go over the cap. Yep. But it looks like the Leafs are unfortunately too noble to do that. But (laughs) yeah, a a healthy Jake Muzzin, like an actual fully functioning version of him would make like, would be the best trade deadline acquisition we could ever make. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. All right. Uh, Here's your opportunity. Throw your bouquets at Colorado. (laughs) You just, you have to, you said it about Kadri and the crazy thing is he's probably there third best player at best i was gonna and say i mean like, but like I, really i'd probably take rantanen over him too right exactly you got mckinnon rantanen mccarr i'd probably put all three of those above him um i mean mccarr is just so fun to watch that whole team you know what i'm tired of watching the flyers i'm gonna start watching colorado i'm, I'm they're my second team i rooted for them back in the late 90s they were my second favorite team with sackick forsberg that oh. whole clan um so you know i'm, I'm gonna jump on the, the colorado uh bandwagon i'm doing it Oh God, it's it, it's it, it's such a mind mess to to try to pick a second team, but like they are super fun to watch. And you know, to to kind of jump into the the next thing we we're going to talk about with the the trade deadline, you know, the Avalanche is one of the teams that ha- has been kind of hot on on Giroux, and Giroux's been a guy that they've talked about that they, they they've wavered kind of back and forth whether or not they're going to move him or not. 
Yeah. I'm I'm not convinced it's going to happen with Colorado if he does get moved. Um one and if they do, it'll be underwhelming because it seems like the uh, Avalanche don't want to give up um, Alex Newhook, and they also don't have a first round pick this year. So you're going to okay. get probably back like a Tyson Yost, which doesn't really do a whole lot for me to be honest. Um, Agreed. But I don't know where else. I mean, Florida or Carolina are probably the two other ones. But like one thing I will say is Claude Giroux is leaps and bounds the best trade deadline forward available. I would say. Um, Agreed. I mean, who else? Who else is really out there? I mean, really... unless unless San Jose puts like Hurdle or um, yeah, I, yeah, or Philip right. Forsberg were available, but I don't see Forsberg being available. So I would I would have to put Giroux as like in terms of guys who are pretty likely to be traded. I would have him number one. Like if if the Leafs weren't such a tire fire on defense and goalie, he would be my number one target. Yeah, I mean, really, I feel like the two big guys available are Chickering and Giroux. I feel like that's kind of it. Yeah. Yeah, those are the out of the ones that I would say are really likely to get traded. So how how likely do you guys think it is that Giroux uh, goes somewhere else? Uh, the closer it gets, the less I feel like is going to happen, especially with the yeah. Ristolainen deal. I thought they were just going to kind of ship all their UFAs off, and it doesn't seem like he wants to leave Giroux. Uh, I don't know. I mean, I know. Does he well, have a no trade clause? He does have a no trade clause, Ooh, yeah. yeah. So so it's, it, the ball's in his court. Um, I know he is scheduled to play his 1,000th game as a flyer on March 17th, I believe it is, um, and the deadline's like three or four days later. So my guess is if he does get traded, it's after that because I imagine that 1,000th game as a flyer is important to him. Um, so if it happens, it probably happens after that date. I actually have kind of – sorry, I actually have kind of a throwback for, for that. Um, the It reminds me of Matt Sundin. Before, like, because he was, I, I don't know if he was rumored to go to Philly. I remember back in that year, the Leafs had a bunch of guys with uh, with no trade clauses. I think it might have been Thomas Caberlet that was rumored to go to Philly way back in the day. But uh, I remember that one, there was somebody on the Leafs who would not waive a no trade clause, and it would have gotten the Leafs Jeff Carter back. Okay. So those no trade clauses are always uh, tough. They're a tough spot for me. Yeah, it's yeah. so tough. And Mike, what what like the the point that you brought up about the the one thousandth game? Not only I think is it important in it is it important for Drew, but I think it's also important on an organizational level, yep. right? Like I think they see they see value in those off the ice events, so that's something that they can sell merchandise for, sell tickets for pump up on social media, all the stuff that means absolutely nothing. Yeah, well, they are having a, a lot of trouble filling that filling that arena. So, yeah, oh, ticket sales been, definitely is, are I mean, important to them. Uh, the, I mean, the, Mike, listen, you – okay, so, Mike, you were down there for the Edmonton game. I was. What yeah, was the attendance like that. on that level? Um, I'll tell you what, it was the attendance was actually better than I expected, but that's probably because you have Connor McDavid and Leon Draisaitl, and people want to see them. It's an event to go see them, so it was it was better than I expected. But any other game, I mean, place is empty. It, it's just so, so for me that it wouldn't be surprising for Giroux to move after that one thousandth game, like yep. in that in that short window between that game. And the deadline, um, I'm not holding my breath though. That's for damn sure. 
Yeah. I think as a fan, I, like I would probably want him to play that game as a flyer too. I know it doesn't mean anything, but it would be kind of cool to see him get the get the stick and all of that stuff Absolutely. in a flyer jersey. But I think like what I learned from that whole Sundin Caberlet experience in 2008 is move on. Like if you because you're not like I don't see why they couldn't trade him, give him a chance at a cup run, and then try to re-sign him in the offseason. Yeah, that's what I keep hearing, but that's. That's happened so few times. Like I, I could count maybe three or four times it's like ever happened. Like it just doesn't happen often where yeah, you they always say it's comes gonna. back. Right, exactly. So it's sounds good and all, but I, mean, I guess it depends on how much he loves the area. Why he'd want to, why he loves Philadelphia is a little weird to me. But there's a bunch of other places I'd rather live, um, <laughs> especially if I'm a millionaire. You know what I mean? But I just. Again, it's I'm always looking... sunny there, though, isn't it? Yeah, exactly. There you go. I like the reference. <laughs> uh, I love it. Uh, but no, I'm just looking at the um, the the trade deadline like lists of of players, and you got Giroux, and I mean maybe Ricard Raquel if Anaheim wants to go that route. Jake right. DeBrusque, but I mean it falls off quick. I feel like after Giroux for forwards, it, it's not it's not a it's not a list that's laden with like I, a ton of like top end talent. Maybe. Brock Besser, if Vancouver wants to go that way, I I would rec- I would say don't do that if I'm Vancouver. But what do I know? Yeah, JT Miller used to be on the market too, but with the way they're winning, they yeah. uh, they might just hold on to him because he's got another year anyways. But Vancouver might be a kind of team too, where I would say like if JT Miller can get them a crazy haul, they should probably move on because it's not like they're going to do anything in the playoffs. But yeah, I'm looking at the TSN trade board right now. I'm on it's the not, same one. Uh, yeah. It's not a crazy uh, group of guys available. You got like, there's there's always those under the radar moves that you don't see coming, like Anthony Mantha last year. Like those kind of moves will yeah, happen. Right. For but sure. out of like obvious guys, I don't see it. And and a guy on the flyers that I honestly would really, really love to steal from you guys is Travis Sanheim. I think because I saw um, Darren Dreger said after the Risto extension that it was possible that they like I don't think he he had a source I think it might have been more opinion that they might speculation move on from yeah I heard, but, I, heard, I heard similar things from Elliot Freeman um, about one of the two of Pro Robert Sandheim potentially being available um, yeah I mean, if you want Sandheim take him uh, Sandheim is incredibly frustrating he can move the puck really well um, but anytime he's along the boards, he'll get beat nine times out of ten. He's very yeah. soft in that manner. The only time I saw him go after anybody or grab anybody is when he went up against five foot seven Alex DeBrincat a couple weeks ago. So and what's that's he, about five. Uh, uh, Sanheim about that, yeah. <laughs> so it sounds like he'd fit right in on the Leafs. To be honest, <laughs> <Right>, exactly. <laughs> well, if, if you had a dream scenario for the Leafs. What what what's your dream trade deadline realistic scenario of Convin- a guy that they could acquire? Convince Carey Price to come play and get traded to the, to the Leafs, probably. <laughs> no, ten million dollars. We cannot afford <laughs> That's that true. at all. Um, I have a, I I have a low key. This is kind of a low key realistic one. Um, Artem Zub from Ottawa. He's a right right shot defenseman. He's got one year left on his deal. He's kind of a rugged, really good defensive type of guy. Um, getting him because he's he's not getting paid a lot in terms of money uh, on the cal- salary cap, and then getting Anton Forsberg in the same deal. He's a goalie for Ottawa, uh, nine twenty save percentage. Just kind of shore up two needs at once. That's what I'm looking for from the Leafs this year at the deadline. Number one, get a goalie in, in any deal, but try to make that a deal where you're combining it with something else. So if they were to deal with Chicago, go for Flurry and Brandon Hagel the forward or Connor Murphy on defense. 
pretty much any deal, try to try to, as Ricky from the trailer park boys would say, get two birds stoned at once. <laughs> well, I like that. I do like that. Um, nice. Now, Forsberg's been really good this year. I have him on my fantasy hockey team, so I know that firsthand. He's been uh, he's been very good, surprisingly, because uh, I don't know what the hell is going on with Matt Murray over there. Um, I don't. He's he's actually bounced back recently, though. I think I think he's uh, he's found his way over the Mendoza line above nine hundred, but I don't know how uh, how high above that he is. Right. M- Mike, I'm gonna throw yeah. it to you too. Okay. If, yeah. if you had a dream, uh, you're in the GM chair for the Flyers. Um, tr- trade everybody for Connor McDavid. Um, <laughs> that's no. Realistically, like you, tr- yeah, you trade realistic. you trade Claude Drew. Um, again, I talked about it earlier. If you could get Alex Newhook plus, that'd be my dream scenario. Doesn't seem like it's gonna happen. I love Alex Newhook. I liked him since he got drafted. Um, but I, he's producing for them on a championship contender. So I don't see them moving him at all. Um, and then if you go want to go to the second tier of guys, I know he's had a really tough start to his career, but in Florida, Owen Tippett, I'd, I'd be interested in. Um, okay. he, he was kind of a high profile guy a couple years ago. I think he went what 10th overall. Um, so I'd be interested in him, but I would want more back if I'm trading a guy like Drew, but uh, you got to trade Drew at this point. Like you just have to. With the direction of this team, that they, with the way that they should go, um, you got to trade him, and then hopefully they spike the lottery, get Shane Wright, and hopefully you spike, spike the lottery again next year, get Bedard. Now we're talking, <laughs> Mike. Mike, what was your phrase? What, what what did you come up with for the? What, what was uh, the phrase you came up with with the trade? The, or not the trade, but the the uh, tanking? Uh, was it was a tank for right or lose for right? I forget what I said. Shite for right? There you go. I like that. <laughs> what? Oh, I know it. Pain for Shane, maybe? Pain for Shane's a good one. <laughs> we got to put that on a t-shirt. Yeah. I think I think you guys should really focus on tanking next year. That would be my goal. Yeah, if you can exactly. get Bedard, that's, he's looking like the next uh, Connor McDavid. So that would be uh, that would be an absolute yeah, and That's why I'm yeah. hoping like the, the Habs do do that free agency thing I was talking about because I do not want him anywhere near the Leafs division. Yeah. For sure, and and I mean talking about Shane Wright, I mean as good as he's looked at times for whatever reason, he's giving me Nolan Patrick vibes, and I don't like it. Um, I th- could he be a good NHLer, sure, but it's I'm I'm just I don't know. Nolan Patrick's just got me all sorts of screwed up for the draft. Yeah, it doesn't feel like that, like the McDavid or Matthews kind of draft where it's like a clear cut number. Like I know he's the number one guy, but it's not like okay, I we got this guy. He's our franchise cornerstone but, right off. But was I mean was Matthews really the clear cut number one? I feel like I, I heard a lot of line A Matthews back and forth. I don't, I don't know if he was ever a clear I think, cut number one. Maybe he was up in Toronto. I don't know. I think that was a lot of like media hype trying okay. to drum up interest in the draft. I I don't know any Leaf fan that wanted them to pick line A over Matthews. Um, but even line A, like he was really happy. Hype too, like people yeah. thought he was going to be amazing too, and he is really, really good. But yeah, like I like Matthews. That like within ten games, we knew like this guy's going to be a superstar. And that was fresh off of the uh, well, within McDavid. one game, actually four game four goals. Four goals. Right. I was going to say yeah, and that was fresh cool. off of the McDavid Eichel draft too. It was a year after, right? So yeah, Marner went uh, fourth that year too. Like there was just Kachuk was in that draft yep. too. Like there's there was a two year span there where it was just you wanted to pick in the top five. Yep. Is is there any irony in the fact that the the savior for your Canadian hockey team came out of the desert in Arizona? <laughs> <laughs> it's hilarious. I don't understand it, but I'll I'll take it. And then a lot of a lot of Leaf fans, like myself included, with this whole Arizona 
um, 5,000 seat arena thing where like, just, can you please just move them out of Arizona and just eliminate the fear of him ever going home? Okay. I'm going to put you, I'm going to put you, you're, you're in the commissioner's chair. You get to move Arizona. Oh, where, what, a... pick, pick a city. Where, I want to say, to? I feel like Quebec city would be a great place for them. Um, it'd be like, for me personally, I'd love it to just get another team in Quebec, get like kind of a rivalry between them and the Habs, you know, that, that arena, like they have a brand new arena there. They're probably going to fill it up. I know there are some other good cities. I can't think of them off the top as, of my hat, but as a Canadian, there was no chance you were going to say anything other than Quebec city. Quebec. Um, yeah. <laughs> I mean, in, Hamilton? in the, in the States, I mean, the obvious one is Houston, uh, cause it's just mm-hmm. one of the biggest cities in the country. Um, I don't know if they're going to be a good hockey market necessarily, but just the fact that it's just so such so populated, I feel like Houston's kind of the obvious choice. I don't know. Part part of me wants to bring back the bring take them back to Hartford just to bring back the Whalers. You yeah, know, just bring back the those Eagles. are sweet. Yeah, the, I think the, the I reason, think the key is. The, oh, sorry, so, go ahead. So the, the reason I would say Houston is because it's the easiest, where you don't have to realign divisions. They could stay in the Central. It just kind of makes sense that way. Yeah, and I just I think the key with whatever whenever you move a team somewhere in the south, you have to put that arena in the city. Like yeah. we've seen it, Florida Panthers, they were in Miami. I'm pretty sure they had really good attendance. You move them out to Sunrise in the suburbs, nobody goes. Like I think Phoenix even when they were in the city, they weren't doing too badly attendance-wise. They put them in Scottsdale, nobody goes. So I think wherever they move that team, if they do, like keep the arena within, you know, 10 kilometers or 10 miles, I would say, of the city center. Right. And, and listen, we, w- we went through something similar to that when they were talking about building the, the baseball stadium in, in Philly. Like there were talks about putting it literally in the middle of center city, like not knocking down a city block and just putting it. And, and I was, that'd be awful. I, 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 I but just, just, I'm it, just trying to think of just traffic. I know how much log- of a mess it gets down there. Like logistically it would be awful. <laughs> I think aesthetically though, Sticking yeah, a stadium sure. in the yep. middle of the city, I think, would be cool. The fact that all of our stadiums are all centrally located, literally within like earshot of each other, definitely helps. It's convenient. Yep. It's definitely convenient on those days where like you can go to a Phillies game in the afternoon, and then you know, you're, you can go to a Sixers or Flyers game in the in the evening. It definitely makes the the logistics easier. Um, but no, very, very. Uh, I I love the the insight into where you're thinking about where where they could go. Um, well, that gentlemen, we're gonna wrap up the night with your three stars. So, anything, any player, any team, anything hockey related that you want to highlight. Yeah, uh, I got yeah, you. You go first. Go for it. I got kind of like I could go with the obvious one and go with Austin Matthews, who has seven goals in his last four games. But I'm gonna go off the board. And speaking of the Coyotes, shout out to them winning four straight games. Like I did not think they would win four games all year with that roster. So to win four straight, <laughs> I got to tip my cap. And they are scoring a ton of goals. That was actually going to be one of one of the things that I mentioned is um the Coyotes scoring a ton of goals and what they what um what Phil Kessel did or what they did for Phil Kessel was awesome. Uh, just play in 30 seconds to keep the iron streak alive go home <laughs> go to the hospital see your kid be born uh that was kind of cool but yes. um the, the thing that i kind of wanted to mention is the whole thing that um that yami is doing over in uh, czech republic i don't know if anybody this saw was... this 
Was this yours, Don? Yeah, <laughs> this is one I want to talk about. Okay, yeah, I don't know if anybody saw that, but um, so for he's still playing. He's fifty years old. It's insane. Um, it's fucking incredible. Yeah. So they they moved his regular season, or he moved his regular last regular season game of the team that he plays for to a fourteenth. I think it was an eighteen thousand. Um, eighteen thousand. Eighteen thousand seat arena. They managed to fill fourteen thousand uh, seats. Um, and all the proceeds of that game went to the uh, the refugees uh, from Ukraine. And you can still, I don't know if anybody knows this, you can still buy like virtual tickets. Um, yeah. Uh, until Sunday, it's like less than $3 a ticket. So again, all the proceeds go to uh, the refugees in Ukraine. It's just, it's just awesome stuff what he's doing still in the, it, just in the world. I mean, it's b- bigger they're, than hockey, obviously. They're obviously, they're north of 160 grand right now. Yeah, the NHL so, donated 68 themselves. 68,000, 68, yep. Um, yeah, well, that listen, that was that was the one the one main thing that I wanted to highlight. Like the the fact that he's one still playing at fifty is incredible. Yeah, it is two, the fact that you know he that that the awareness is there to be able to to globally impact the game is incredible. Put the put the game on that that world platform is incredible. Um, so, Mike, I'm going to go to Plan B. Okay. Plan B uh, is something that is you know related to our to our guests' favorite team. I love the outdoor hockey games. So the fact that the the Leafs are playing the Sabers in, in a in the Heritage Classic in and correct me, it's in Hamilton, correct? In Ontario, yep. I I just love the outdoor games. The the Flyers played a great one in. Um, in Tahoe a couple years ago, which that, was literally—that's been that the best one cool. I've seen. That was insane. It just the the outdoor games are just it, it's great because it feels like it 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 allows hockey to get back to its roots. Yeah, I always think it's cool. I used to uh, it used to be a lot more special when it would be like a, a once in a lifetime kind of thing, and now it's kind of like it's gotten a bit watered down in a way. But it's just. Like when your team's in it, it's just such a cool thing to see them playing outside. That it never really gets old. Yeah, I like the idea of the outdoor game. Um, I wish the NHL would do a better job at promoting these games because I mean, the the Nashville who was a Dallas game that they had a month or two ago. I don't think anybody knew about that game. I literally um, didn't know about it till you said it. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I think it was Dallas. It was Nashville and I think it was Dallas, right? Yeah. Um, yeah, nobody so. knew about that one. If I had to imagine, a lot of people in the states probably don't know about the one Saturday. Um, so Danny Children has to do a better job at promoting these things. It's re- it really is just it, it's it's a shame because it, it's such an easy platform for the league to be able to put it on the national stage, put your best play, put put your teams with your stars, and be able to highlight like. The, the coverage that they're getting in this, especially in the states with the the TV package that they have now them having the ability to be able to put the league in the spotlight but then there are things like this where they drop the ball like where the average sports fan might be interested in that one game just because it's outside might not even know that it's actually happening yeah it's I could go on a 10 hour rant about all the things that the NHL does wrong, especially when it comes to promoting their stars, because they, they seem to prefer, you know, fourth liners and, and third pairing defensemen getting away with clutching and grabbing in the playoffs over, over letting skill ride. So another thing where they forget to market their stars is uh, just another feather in their cap for me. 
Uh, real, real quick, I, I wanted to get into it. Um, the the Austin Matthews uh, play in overtime against the the Coyotes. I wanted to ask you about because I probably have a hot take about it. I don't think it was anywhere near as blatant as people are making it out to be. Well, how do you think it was a, an outrageous miscall? So this is the thing. Austin Matthews has drawn six penalties all year. Okay. Connor McDavid has drawn thirty six. Austin Matthews leads is on one of the lines with the highest possession numbers in the league. Phoenix is the second most penalized team in the league and had zero penalties last night. It's just, it's been a constant theme. For, it's, it's especially tough for Leaf fans because we have, I'll admit it, we have a soft team, a team that doesn't take many penalties, but it just, you know the refs, they love to game manage. They don't want to decide the game, so they try to make it three power plays to three penalty kills for each team every night kind of thing. So it's, this one is just, it's just, you know, it's like another needle on the haste or whatever, another piece of hay on the stack. It's not whatever. Like, I, I agree with you. I don't think it was like crazy, crazy egregious. It was clearly a penalty. Like, he held his stick. He did. But my, my, my thing is, I mean, from such a young age, you're just told, move your feet, move your feet, move your feet. He stops moving his feet and tries to draw the penalty. If he just tries to fight through, moves his feet, keeps his head down and goes and gets held, they call that 10 times out of 10. So I think if he just moved his feet a little. Um, did you I see mean, Hyman play the other um, night against Washington? That was bad. I don't know that, was, that, was, that was bad. Yeah. Okay. All right, they call it refs, eight times refs out of ten. decide the game. The problem for me is refs don't want to decide the game with a penalty, but in doing so, they decide the game because they don't want to call a penalty right. on Matthews and they give a, a clear two-on-one. It's just I, – I actually tweeted from the Buds All Day account today that I'm going to try to focus less on refing because it's never going to change. Never. And we all know the way it is. So is it the NH – well, it is the NHL's fault, but – Shouldn't it be kind of the least fault too for not building a team that takes advantage of it? Because it's been that way since I was a kid. So you kind of have to adjust. You know, they're not like you, the more dirty players you have, the more you're going to benefit to me. Yep. The, the Capitals have benefited. The Blues have benefited. The Islanders benefit. I mean, Bruins. the teams, yeah, Bruins, right. Yeah. yeah. They, they build their teams to play like that in the playoffs because you, you get away with it then. So, gentlemen. This was awesome, man. What yeah, a great a conversation. Thank yeah, you that so was great, guys. Thanks a lot for having me. Says, do me a favor. Before we close it out, give everybody your details. Tell them where they can find all your stuff. Yeah, so I am. Uh, I, I tweet all hockey takes from at BudsAllDayCast on Twitter. We uh, it's uh, Obviously, it, it skews very Leafs, but I do talk about the NHL as a whole. Uh, we are also – the just the buds all day podcast on Spotify. You can find us anywhere there. So it's going to, if, if you're not interested in the Leafs, you probably won't like it. I'm not going to lie. But uh, if you do like a uh, little Leaf content, then, uh, then check us out. I, I'll definitely listen. I'm sure I'll like yeah. it because I mean, I'm sure as a Leaf fan, you're, you're a big Steve Dangle guy. I listen to his podcast and it's, it's entertaining a lot of Leaf stuff, but it's, you know, it's a lot of angel stuff too. So it's, it's, it's enjoyable. Yeah. Yeah, there's a lot of there's a lot of Leaf podcasters out there. That's for sure. Yeah, yeah, it's a, well, the hockey capital, so I get it. Mike, give <laughs> yeah. me, give give everybody your details too, because you're uh, you're 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 a guest, but not a guest, kind of. Yeah, I've 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 been on before, so I'm, I'm sure your, your people know me. But yeah, I have fired up podcast um, on Twitter and Instagram and Facebook. Uh, yeah, I mean we go live every Monday nights. Um, Philly sports, so. That's pretty much it. Right now on Twitter, we are doing our most beloved Philly athlete of all time. Um, that's just concluded the second round. Um, I was going to pull it up real quick, but I can't really 
look at it right now. All I know is that Bernie Perron almost lost to Wayne Simmons, and I almost, I almost rioted down the, the Wayne street. train. I almost, I, I almost went in a full blown riot mode because uh, Bernie Perron's one of the most beloved people in this city's history and existence. So the fact that he almost lost to, to Wayne Simmons, I almost lost my mind. Um, so yeah, no, t- check that out on Twitter because it's it's been a lot of fun. I bet Ben Simmons will finish very highly. He that. wasn't on it. I'll, I'll tell you. I'll tell you that. <laughs> he was not on it. Oh God! All right, gentlemen. It's uh, it's been real. Listen, we are the the drunk on ice uh, podcast. We're on the the drunk on broad uh, channel. Uh, we're part of the Belly Up uh, podcast network. Uh, you can find all of our stuff on. Any of your streaming platforms, like, subscribe, all that crazy fun stuff. Listen, listen, I didn't get around to my Johnny Gaudreau story. I'll tell that next time I'm on, all right? Oh. How's that for a tease? There you go. go. That's a, <laughs> I believe, Mike, in the industry, I believe they call that a cliffhanger. There you go. All right, gentlemen, have a good night, and we'll talk to you later. See you later. That's the sound of a patient whose health data is protected from a cyber attack. And that, that's the sound of a financial system that's digitally secured from bad actors. Right now, there's an invisible war being fought on a digital battlefield that impacts what we do every day. That's why at Paraton, we do the can't be done to help protect the vital systems we rely on. Because if we don't, the alternative is unimaginable. Paraton. Norman, let's pause this surgery. What, doctor? And hurry to the Xfinity Hello 2023 sale. Now through January 10th, learn how to get $500 back when you get Xfinity Internet and two lines of Xfinity Mobile. Go to Xfinity.com slash Hello 2023. Restrictions apply. Xfinity Internet required.